All right, Josh, good to meet you. Hey, everybody, welcome to Coffee and Cannabis. Uh, I'm Arden, and today with me is Josh. Josh, if you want to introduce yourself and your company. Hi, my name is Joshua Kobos. Uh, we have a flavor company and private label businesses. So we manufacture all of our flavors in-house, and then we also formulate our own gummies, hard candies, fun dip, chewing gum, things like that. And we're offering private labeling for cannabis uh, companies in Oklahoma and in Washington State. And okay. we have a manufacturing facility here in California in Glendale. Okay, so, so one more time, because I'm a little high. So you've got Oklahoma, you've got Washington. I'm a little high. Yeah, we, we actually uh, started flavoring uh, pre-rolls this morning. We tried like a grape with uh, peppermint on it, and it came out really good. So I, I'm also a little stoned. I'm trying to get the coffee to wake me up. Oh, good. So, so uh, we do um, private labeling, uh, you know, white labeling in, in Washington State and Vancouver, uh, where we offer gummies and hard candies that we can manufacture for different brands, as well as uh, doing the same thing in Oklahoma. Uh, so we can manufacture and distribute in those states as well. And okay. then our, and our primary business is the flavor company, where we manufacture all the flavors in-house. Okay. So for the those products, they're all THC-based? All of the, the candies, yes. They're all infused with THC. And then the flavors are made here in our, our, our facility. That's going to be GMP certified um, next month. Uh, and uh, we source all of our ingredients from all over the world, uh, bring them here, and then we start formulating all the different kinds of pineapple flavors we can make. We have a habanero flavor we just made. So like for today, I'm making a batch of gummies that's gonna be a pineapple habanero. So it'll be sweet and spicy on the back end. So oh. we're doing fun things like that. Nice. All right, yeah. so let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's, uh, how old is the company and what was the idea behind the company? The company is about a year and a half old. Um, the idea behind it, my dad's right here, by the way. We're a family company. <laughs> He's making a few batches of himself uh, for himself right now. But um, the idea was that uh, we came from the pharmaceutical arena and we were doing a lot of compounding, which was manufacturing our own pharmaceutical products. And we were licensed in 26 different states. But a lot of the issues that we were trying to help with were like bandwidth and um, it just wasn't, sorry, can you see me now? Sorry. Yeah, uh, you cut out a little bit there. The The issues you were having were? Yeah, they were Band-Aid fixes. It wasn't really helping patients, you know, and it, it, the the, um, the healthcare arena is kind of like a tricky place. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't something that we were really happy with, even though we were doing pretty well in that, that, that industry. We looked at cannabis as it started to legalize and we thought, you know, what would be something fun and, and exciting that we can do? And, you know, we started looking at the flavors, started tasting products, and we're like, it's not like quite there. You could taste, you know, THC in some of these gummies, and it's like, it, it didn't it didn't vibe with us. I'm sure some people like it, but for us, we were like, let's, let's try to, like, get rid of that taste altogether. So um, my dad's best friend, Fabio, his father-in-law is a flavorist, and he used to be a chief flavorist for PepsiCo, IFF, Santa Fe, which are like the largest flavor houses in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, we told them like, hey, you know, we're going to fly you out here. We want you to try the THC products that are on the shelves right now and tell us what you think. And so we, you know, bought tons of different kinds of brands, bought them in house. We had tasting tests and all this stuff. And, and mind you, he had never gotten high in his life. This guy's like 70 years old. He's from, uh, uh, you know, Sweden. 
where it's like, you know, they, they don't really do that over there. So for him, he doesn't know what it's like to be high. So he's tasting it. And we're like, dude, you're, you're pretty messed up. He's like, I'm not high at all. You can tell that he's clearly high. But we were going through all the tastings. We're going through all the flavor profiles. And, you know, he's like, let me let me sit on this and let me see what I can formulate. You know, a few weeks, you know, a few months, you know, month and a half goes by and he comes back and he's like, I've got the right flavors. So he had manufactured all of these flavors that he had kept, you know, from his years of learning with PepsiCo, with IFF, with Santa Fe, you know, taking them in house and making them stronger because there hasn't been a real need for flavors this powerful. It's kind right. of like power because he said the way that bitterness works is that your mind will always know it's there. So you have to trick the mind into tasting other stuff in different hits so that your mind ignores the bitterness. Hmm. So he was the you know mastermind behind the flavoring and the potency of the flavor. So like, for example, our competition would use one to 3% levels of flavor uh, per batch, whereas ours are 0.1%. Hmm. And so using like a third, like, you know, much, much less than what normally would be used in flavoring products. And you're still achieving a great tasting product. So that's when everything started getting fun. And we started, you know, making different kinds of candies, messing up, you know, not knowing how to do it, you know, installing exhaust systems and getting the right machines in and really like perfecting like the gummy kind of production, the hard candy production, you know, fun dip production, all those kinds of things. And we're like, wow, we're, we're getting pretty good at this. It's pretty fun. So then that's when we had the idea that maybe we should private label for other brands that are from, you know, California and they want to like make their businesses bigger and they want to get into Oklahoma or they want to get into the Washington business. So we thought, okay, that's another thing we can do. We can use our flavors and the best way to sell our flavors would to be private labeling for these different companies. And so mm. that was the, the thought behind it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and so how did, uh, you know, so you started with the business essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you first find cannabis? Um, it was something we all did. <laughs> we all smoked. Me and my dad smoke all the time. My brothers and I smoke. We all eat edibles. We all like like getting high and hanging out and having fun. So it was like an easy pick because we're like, let's do something, like, you know, fun. Let's get into an industry that would be fun to get into. So that's how we, we got here. Yeah. See, I come from the East Coast in New Jersey where it was a lot of, you know, uh, Nancy Reagan. Huh? Our flavorist is from New Jersey. Oh, okay. Whereabouts? Uh, Rainbow Trail is the street he lives on. Oh, that's I'm not sure. Sorry. I'm not sure what the, the, the area is, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in Jersey. It was a lot of Nancy Reagan, Just Say No, you know, uh, uh, Pot is for Losers, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't get into cannabis until my 30s. Uh, wow. And when I started using it medically for anxiety and depression. Okay. Uh, and so I've talked with different professionals in the cannabis field, and they all come in via different routes. Some people, you know, it's a lifelong thing. They've been growing it since they were kids with their family. Uh, yeah, but yeah. some people, it's they started in corporate and they fell backwards into it somehow. Uh, so yeah, I always yeah. want to get that story out there of how people started. So this was a true family affair for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We've been together for over eight years now. Um, I finished, I was in the IDF. Uh, as a paratrooper for three years. And when I got out, uh, my dad had just split up from his partners and he was like, I'm about to start, you know, a, a pharmaceutical company. And then and it's going to be my first time doing something like this. Like, would you help me? So I flew back from Israel and, uh, you know, me, him, my brother, Levi, 
and my brother Max, we all decided to like join forces and try, you know, business out. We've heard the negative things about doing business with family, but you know, it, you, you learn a lot and it's been a lot of fun and you know, a lot of, you know, there's struggle involved, but there's also like, you get to trust who you're working with and, and trust that you can lean on, you know, different ways and everyone is good at, at something else. So it's been really like a lot of fun. And that's how we came into to this. So it's been a nice transition for us. Well, one thing I want to ask you about is uh, in terms of the struggle, you know, a lot of people who want to get into cannabis hear uh, about the absurdly high bar to entry. Right? Yeah. I want to do the private labeling. Yeah. And so how did you guys manage to get through all the regulation hoopla? Um, what was that process kind of like? And how do you find it now as the laws keep evolving over time? Um, it's just something you have to stay on top of. It's like anything, you know, when you're, you're going into it, you have to like, you have to read everything, you have to know everything, you have to talk to the attorneys, you know, there are, there are fees associated with it. But um, once you understand it, you're in, you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I, I'm sorry for such a vague. No, it's okay. It's, it's very, um, it's part of the process. I mean, if this is the business you want to get into, and if it was easy, then everybody would get into it if it was as easy as just jumping right in. You know, the, the bar is high a little bit, but it's not high enough where people can't get in. You know what I mean? It's 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 a deterrent, but it's not. If it's if that deters you, then maybe it's not for you. But I I doubt it. I think this business is for a lot of people because a lot of creativity happens here, not only in trying the product but creating new product. You know, it's you don't know who's going to come up with what in this industry, and that's going to be fun for everybody, right? No matter who comes up with it. Yeah. And you guys, as I see you and correct me if I'm wrong, you're kind of a side business, right? You're working with cannabis, but you're not a direct cannabis. In the flavoring aspect, yes, we're servicing. Yeah. Um, and as well as private labeling, we're direct. So we have licenses in Oklahoma. We have licensing in, in Washington state as well. Great. Um, so we're, so we're, it, they're separate businesses, but mm -hmm. it's the same pool, if that makes sense. Um, and you talked about some certification you're getting coming up. Uh, I, could you talk a little bit about that? Because that's, you know, outside my world. Yeah. So um, just, you know, we want to just have everybody knowing that, um, you know, your products, the flavors that are being made here that are produced in like a, you know, they call it GMPs, general, uh, general manufacturing practices, right? So it's, it kind of certifies that we are getting checked on uh, by an outside board that we pay for to come and see our facility. And I think it's like once or twice a year they make visits and, and make sure that everything is clean. All of our SOPs are in order. There's no contaminants. Our things get out for testing, things for, like of that nature. So it's just a, like a level of uh, verification for the customer to know that when they go to produce products, you know, if there's any you know, pesticides or anything like that, because that could come from different sources, mm -hmm. it's not coming. So it's a level of assurance. Is that right. Well, that is one thing I want to talk about is educating your consumer on the safety of products, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that ever since the vape cart scare uh, right. happened, I think that the media kind of likes glomming on to any stories that are in the vein of cannabis products are inherently mm -hmm. dangerous. Um, so I wanted you to talk about and advocate for yourself and, and companies like yourself doing the type of work that you have, um, you know, just kind of, uh, riff a little bit, if you will, on, uh, 
you know, what, and also I'd love to hear what you think the potential upside marketplace is, right? Because people don't have a sense of the scale of this stuff, right? How big could it be? Um, you know, uh, cannabis is, it's everywhere, but at the same time, it's kind of obtuse um, right. to your average Joe on the street. Um, uh-huh. So if you could just pontificate on that for a little bit. Yeah, so, okay, I, I read um, the lawsuit against Jewel, uh, page for page, and in it, <clears throat> the thing that they get in trouble for isn't, uh, you know, creativity, flavoring, um, you know, tobacco was, was, was on the bottom. It was marketing towards kids. Mm. So they, you know, essentially, we, and I can't speak for Jewel, but this is what the government was saying when they went after them, saying that they purposely went for younger uh, models that looked like kids wearing young clothing and marketing themselves as a, a healthier choice to smoking. And that's what pissed off, you know, I think the government in that, that sense was that they were purposely doing this and they were doing volumes of it, right? I mean, they were pumping out volumes and they were catching them with the flavors, but that was the last thing. It was mainly the advertising that got them in trouble. And, you know, you know how the media is, they'll, they'll blow up anything that'll catch your attention. So I think it was, it was a mixed bag of, of those two things that really keeps an eye on the cannabis because it's easy to point blame and it's a new drug. So they're trying to find holes in it saying like, oh, you know, this, they could have overdosed with this. They could have done this with that, whatever. There's pesticides in it. You know, it's, it's all that that they're trying to go after. Um, and those are only like a few bad players and the, the rest, everybody here is trying to make great product for people to have fun with, get high, you know, do whatever they want to do with it, you know, but it's always just the few that make us look like the many, you know, so yeah. there's that. Um, as far as the scale, we're at the very infancy of cannabis, I feel. I mean, we're not even doing interstate trading. You know, I have to set up facilities in Washington and in Oklahoma. Instead of having one facility in one place that can distribute to California, to Washington, to Colorado. So, there, you know, the business is booming. I mean, we're operating like we're Europe, for, for example, you know, with not ability to trade with each right. other. So what's made in California gets sold in California. Whatever is made in Washington gets sold in Washington. So that's like... So there is an opportunity when interstate, uh, you know, commerce happens, and that's going to be very exciting. There's going to be a lot of people making money on transportation of the product. You know, there's money to be made everywhere, um, in every direction. You know, it's it's hard because you're like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, and then you know, you lose sight, you spread yourself thin, so you kind of have to focus on what you're doing, right? right. So for us, you know, we're focusing on you know two facilities. But we're also outfitting them for different purposes for the future. So when the borders do open up, which they will, and you can get product from Colorado or whatever, the facility in Washington will be primarily for beverages in mm. the future, your beverage plant, whereas the gummy production will be taken all in-house to Oklahoma. But for now, we're piecing it out. You know what I mean? So those are the things that um, are coming. I think it's easy to see the big numbers now and see that's the top when the top is much more than that. I mean, if you look at uh, California and how many liquor stores they have, it's like 11,000 liquor stores. Now think how many dispensaries we have. Right. You know what I mean? And look at all the brands that are sitting on the shelves for liquor stores compared to how many brands we've got on the, the cannabis shelves, right? So I think there's like not even a, a, a tenth of what's out there in liquor stores. So I, the growth is going to be huge. Right now, you know, I know some people are doing, you know, Fifty, sixty thousand dollars in sales a day in dispensaries, and and that's considered an okay day. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so the the room for growing is out there. The room for more brands is out there. The room for, 
I don't know, people wanting to come and come up with new products. You know, you see stuff on LinkedIn or on Instagram all the time when people are like, you know, I just infused pizza. You're like, hey, if people are gonna buy it, that's you know, it's up to them. It's like a two for one. You get to eat and get high. You know, so it's like, yeah, you know, you've got all kinds of things that you can be creating, and it's not limited to just candy. You know, the the cannabis can be put into beverages. It can be put into food. Who knows what else they can put it into? I think they're thinking about doing topicals now too. So, yeah. so it's 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 endless. You know, creativity shines. So let's see what everybody comes up with. So one thing I want to ask you about is uh, California and Washington and uh, Nevada and some other states have all gotten into this 100 milligram, 10 milligram per dose cap on anything THC based. Um, Personally, I know there's a market for larger dose edibles, uh, but it's mostly underground at this point. Well, it's the medical market too. So if right. you look at like Oklahoma, some people are putting 500 milligrams in one piece. Smack mm. so to the face. That's <laughs> like, you know, it'll dump you out. Well, that's what I, back in San Francisco, before it went to uh, recreational, you could still do that. You know, you could walk into a dispensary as long as you had your medical card and buy something that was 500 milligrams in a small little thing, which was great for someone who needs a higher dose. Um, but the regulations slammed down and said, no, we're capping this for any recreational. Uh, and in a lot of places, recreational makes much more sense than medical at this mm-hmm. point. So it, it's hard, unless you go black market or gray market, it's harder to get your hands on higher dose edible stuff. But you're, are you still producing stuff in higher level categories or are you sticking to the 100 milligrams? Uh, in, in Oklahoma, we're doing 25 milligrams a piece on some of them, uh, and we're going to be testing out 100 and then, you know, trying to up it from there uh, mm-hmm. and see what the market does and see how they respond to it. Um, but, you know, with the way that they're getting the THC potency higher, it, it you know, it's, it's a different effect. You know what I mean? It does slam a little harder. Um, I think the limits that they put on it encourage the black market. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whereas if you were to give it, you know, free reign and make sure that they were under safe protocols, people would would take it responsibly, like they do with alcohol to a certain right. extent. So, I think that you know the government has a long way to go. But you know, for them, it's like they're all learning on the fly too. So you can't bog them down. They're trying to keep it contained so that nothing happens out of control because then they become responsible for that. You know, so. I think you'll start to see, you know, them taking a, lo- a looser and looser grip as we move forward towards interstate, uh, you know, commerce or shipping out to different countries when we start doing commerce that way, because you can sell alcohol from, you know, Russia to here, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that will happen for us where we can sell to Israel or we can sell to, you know, different places like Spain or whatever, whoever legalizes it. So I think, Right now, they're just trying to make sure that this is a safe market that they they can let loose later on, right? You know? Yeah, which makes sense because you don't want people because you don't know what people can make out of this stuff. You know, they I, I went to one lab the other day and uh, this guy had made this like white, like not white but clear looking um, oil, like like see through glass looking, right? And he goes, the potency on that will smack the crap out of you. And, you know, we tried it and I was like, wow, this is like, I would never smoke this. This is really strong, man. I'll never smoke that again, you know, because sometimes it's too much. Right. But they kind of have to keep an eye 
you know, some people want that and I don't, you know, I don't blame them, but like, you get what I'm saying? Like it, you don't know what you can take a the compound and turn it into in different processes. But I think that's what the focus is, you know, yeah. is that, that control at first. But I, I think in, in five to 10 years, we'll be looking at a totally different industry. Great. Yeah. Um, I had a thought and check my notes. Um, so let's talk fun stuff. Let's talk fun stuff. Let's talk products that you guys have made. Uh, what, you know, what is the market looking for right now? And what's some new stuff that you're looking to offer the market to see how it responds? Um, so right now, I think that um, sugar-free is an option that people need to start thinking about. Because, you know, you're going to get fat off eating so many candies. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's another thing that I, I think the market might be excited about. I think it will attract more um, health-minded people who want to get high and either have a hard candy that's sugar-free or a gummy that's sugar-free. Um, I think um, incorporating some of the fun candies we've had on, you know, regular 7-Eleven shelves would be fun to see. Like a some sort of, you know, the Nerds Rope was out in the black market for a while, which was pretty cool. But... No one really perfected it, so I think that would be cool. I think making it like uh, you know, like kind of like Willy Wonka did, you know, very much like open, come in, take uh, as many candies as let the creativity ride. You know, you'll have those operators come in when things become a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. um, but products are fun to make, man. It's it's you, you start with the concept, you perfect the concept, and then you're like, okay, now how do we make this in mass quantities, right, consistently? So that in itself takes so much time. You know, by, by the time you're done with that project, it's been like a month and a half, and then you're ready to take on the next product or the next project, you know? So for me right now, we've been focusing on gummies, hard candies, um, and like a fun dip thing. Uh, and and um, that seems like a lot of fun for us right now. But, you know, it, I'm also looking towards beverages and, and things like that. So Ed is like stocked up on products and he even said we could put it in salad dressing. And I was like, I don't know if anybody wants that in salad dressing. <laughs> You'd be the vegan crowd. I mean. Yeah, yeah that's true. It, that is if true. you did like a vegan organic salad dressing that was uh, infused. Because I have friends uh, in many places who do their own uh, like olive oil infused. And then they'll put that on a salad or whatever. That's smart. That's good. See, we'll start to see that on the shelves too. Like a grocery store for cannabis. Yeah. Well, that's that's why, you know, I want to talk about the fun side of this stuff, because there, like you said, there's a lot of creativity that goes into cannabis, right? right. In, in the many flavors that you come up with, um, you know, a flavor I would love to see, and this harkens to uh, jelly beans, is the toasted marshmallow one that uh, Belly does, uh -huh. like replicating that flavor in a cannabis product. What would you want it in a gummy or you want it in a jelly bean? If you could do a jelly bean, do it. But I could try. I, yeah. yeah, I could on formulas. I mean, those. It's all you know. It's all like practice until you get it right, and then all of a sudden you know how to you know mass produce it with the right machines and everything. The toasted marshmallow sounds like a fun flavor. I can talk to Ed about it and see what he says. You know, he he works on his own projects. You know, he's got his rollouts, and yep. if I try to connect, he's like, eh, wait, I've got my own stuff going on. I'll give it to you when I'm ready. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like, it's yeah because. I mean, with the gummies and stuff, people will stick to like the citrusy flavors or the fruity flavors, right? But I'd like to see some more interesting kind of like flavor a, ideas. A French cognac flavor that we can put in a gummy. That's not, it's pretty good. I mean, it really tastes like cognac. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. We thought about maybe doing like a champagne flavor. So hmm. that would be fun too. But something bubbly. Yeah.
Um, it, well, that's that's uh, that's the exciting thing about flavors, right? So let's talk about uh, knowledge and expertise. What type of in-house knowledge do you have? Is it people? Is it you know just learning? Um, how did you get to this level of expertise in flavoring to be able to offer these types of products? Uh, mixed bag. So learning and and having the right people. So Ed has like forty five years experience in flavoring and product development. I mean, he helped to recreate. I think it was Seven Up uh, for like a leverage buyout. So he had reverse engineered Seven Up so that they could use it to buy out another company so that they say, you know, we don't need your formula. We've got our own. So he he's the one who understands all these products and he has all that knowledge and he kind of fast tracked us with all of that stuff. I mean, he took us from zero to a hundred at first it's overwhelming because he's, he can go from beverages to salad dressing, to candies, to whatever, you know, and he's talking about flavoring them all and how they all work as products because he's like our Einstein, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He really knows what he's talking about in detail. So it's like, you know, so we had to pick a category and start there. Um, with this, we started with candy. Next, we'll go to beverages because the volume is a lot larger. But yeah, it was a mix of uh, listening to Ed and, and, and understanding how he does things and how product development works and how I have to write everything down and how you have to go step by step methodically until you get it right because you could have one change that can change the whole thing. You know what I mean? And you have to be able to trace back, you know, what it is that you put in that could have caused that discoloration or distaste or whatever. So it's, it's a lot of things. So it's over a year and a half of learning and keep learning and just gonna keep, there's so much to learn. There's just so much to go over. You know what I mean? There's so many, you know, so many products you can do, so. Nice. Yeah. Um, quickly, I wanna talk about the name uh, because I'm a bad Italian. I don't <laughs> speak my own language, uh, you know, because I'm an American, wait, what am I gonna do? You know, I, uh, but let's, it, Dolce, I know is sweet, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, Foglia, right? Leaf. Leaf. Okay. Sweet leaf. So what was the impetus behind that? Um, Fabio was the creator of that name. He's my, my dad's best friend. He's one of our partners. Yeah. Uh, he really loved that name. He's like, we'll be Dolce Foglia. <laughs> sweet leaf. And he's Ar Argentinian. So he's not even Italian. <laughs> <laughs> It was really funny. So we said, okay, Bobby, we'll call it Sweet Leaf. Don't you <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's uh, because, uh, you know, when you think about it, it, cannabis being a leaf, you know, and sweet, you're, you're adding sweetness to it. It just works. Yeah. It's synergy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's a fun name. You know, it's, it's hard to tell people when you're trying to give them your email. <laughs> it's like, you know, he has a dog. Oh, is it Oswald? Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> so it was, next time we'll pick a, you know, an easier name, three, three words, three letters, something like that. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, but I mean, for now, it's, it's a wonderful name. Um, if people go to their web, your website, what are they going to find there? Uh, you know, because as they become interested and see this interview, they're going to want to find out more about you. So, yeah. uh, so we got blogs on there. Uh, we have our flavors for sale. And this week, or this week, I think we're going to be rolling out CBD, uh, hard candies, gummies, with all of our flavors inside them, for people to taste. So, um, you know, it'd be an easier buy for them. So, like, let's say they want to buy the flavor, but they're not sure about it yet. They could buy the candy for a really cheap cost. You know, get it in two to three days and taste it and say, oh yeah, I like this. I want this this flavor in my candy. So we offer flavoring and um, CBD candies on our Dolce Foglia website. Nice.
And uh, are you doing social media as well? Yeah, we have Instagram um, and uh, TikTok, which I got 100,000 uh, uh, views in like a week and a half for rolling out hard candy. I was like shocked. I had never gotten that views or likes like that before in my life. So that was pretty fun. Uh, I'll tell you a quick hack to the internet. Anything okay. that is process-based and you can uh, put some good music to is going to get hits. Yeah, 100,000 views. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, I'll send it to you. And you'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> so this yeah. got 100, like three seconds. <laughs> I, I'm half tempted to do a whole series of me just building stuff in Lego over time with the soundtrack. You know? Oh, that's good. I like that. I'll watch it on YouTube, <laughs> especially if it's fast forward. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, the uh, the fast forward button on YouTube, setting the speed to double pace, has uh, been the best thing. I because yeah. I like I like a lot of educational content because of learning stuff. But uh, a lot of the presenters, because it's a novice audience, they speak for that audience and slowly. But yeah. I'm in a hurry, yeah. so <laughs> I hit double speed, and all it truncates and takes all the pausing and everything out. And I'm like, this yeah. is great. It was a 20 minute video. Now I'm done in 10 minutes. Yeah. Do you do that with podcasts too? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, it's fun. I like that too. It's cool. And you can do it with my videos because I still get the view time. So <laughs> we'll get the full view time because now it's just faster. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, life hacks. Life hacks. Life. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, for me, cannabis has a bright future, right? The horizon is eternal. Uh, you know, our neighbors to the north legalized, our neighbors to the south are working on it. Um, Washington's working on it for all of us. Uh, like you said, Israel's already growing and selling uh, intercontinental. Argentina, I believe, Portugal. Um, yeah, I think parts of Spain. Um, so, you know, this is, for me, the sky's the limit, right? And I'm sure for you guys as well. Uh, you've mentioned that you, you know, Washington, Oregon, California, uh, where do you see beyond that, right? 10 years, 15 years out. Uh, we want to kind of be the premier flavor house for cannabis. People come to us for product development. People come to us for flavoring needs. Um, we definitely want to be there for, for as many projects as that we can help take on because we're very hands-on with all of the projects we do. And we love seeing it all the way to the end and everyone's satisfaction. Um, so that's, that's the future for us. In 10 years, we really want to be like, the big guys of flavoring in cannabis, you know, really helping as many brands as we can get to market and all that stuff. Yeah. Great. You got people sneaking behind you to do work. Yeah, they're working on different stuff. So they're coming here, grab it. So you guys are obviously busy right now. Uh, do you find that there's a seasonality to your stuff or is are things pretty consistent? Uh, there is seasonalities. In, in um, December and January, things kind of drop off. And people kind of like, you know, do their own thing. You've got New Year's, you got other stuff that they want to do. And then uh, I, February is when everything starts to really pick back up. So this is like the nice lull time where you can like reorganize yourself and, and uh, get everything that you need to get done before everything gets busy again. Mm -hmm. And then uh, how do you find marketing right now? Uh, very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, that's why we're doing the podcast, trying to get ourselves out here with uh, people like yourself. Um, where uh, we try to do ads in high times in uh, different um, 
magazines and stuff like that, you can't really advertise flavoring for even CBD that much. You can, but sometimes it doesn't go through um, for uh, Google ads or any of that other stuff, right? So like the website marketing that gets a lot of traffic isn't as easy. Um, but, you know, it's it's happening you know it's, it's still keeping us really really busy so it's not that bad it, it would be easier if they let us directly do these things for cannabis but in time it's also a barrier to entry so that's also a good thing for us yeah right everyone's dealing with the same hurdle yeah so it's a, whoever gets creative urinals you know the urinal cake things people used to do back in the day it's like you gotta think about stuff like that something creative <laughs> so yeah well i'll tell you i a lot of stuff, there's a lot of guerrilla marketing tactics that work uh, in terms of like for brands. If you've got enough money to put behind the man hours to put a man on the street flyering or doing whatever, it works. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, right now you can buy a billboard, right? Anywhere for cannabis, as long as you've got the right info on it, uh, that anyone can see. But if you want to do a targeted ad to people 21 plus, you're boxed out. I know. Uh, <laughs> at all. So. Uh, so that's why I like to talk marketing with everybody because I want to know how people are facing it. Uh, and obviously, you've put thought into it, but it doesn't seem to be your main focus right now because product first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, they're consuming the product. So it's, you know, right now we're like, pushing production to, to larger and larger numbers and um, really trying to push everything out, you know, getting getting ahead of the orders is what we're focusing on, which is a good thing. It's a good problem to have. So for us, marketing hasn't been an issue because the marijuana markets itself, people are going to the dispensaries and looking around and asking around. So that's easy. You know what I mean? Doing displays in the dispensaries as well is, is helpful, uh, helps get your brand out there, especially if you can offer something like nicer for the dispensary to like put more shelves up or whatever. Right. Uh, so there's that stuff. So, yeah. Um, and then let's talk uh, kind of uh, internal structure stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. as you guys get more customers, increase your base, uh, do you see yourself increasing headcount? And, you know, in what uh, areas would you be increasing headcount? Because, you know, everyone's looking at the economy tanking right now and people losing jobs left and right. So I want to put hope out there for people that, yes, there are companies looking to hire, if not now, in the near future. And these are the areas they need people. Uh, two to three months we're going to need um, in Oklahoma and in Washington and then possibly here in California and Los Angeles. Uh, people to, to work for gummy production and for hard candy production. So we'll, we'll need that for labor as well as uh, logistic people. We're going to need, um, let's see, more food scientists. We have a few on staff now, um, but it's always good to have more just for the diversity. And, and when they work together, you start to see the different things that they can create. Um, so there's definitely room for us, a lot of room for us to grow. We're trying to um, organize, execute, and then get to that level so that we can take in two to three employees at a time, you know what I'm saying? And, and properly train them because once you get things going, then it starts to be about managing everything and making sure everything's aligned and, and moving forward and adding another, you know, production line here. And so there's definitely a lot of room for us to grow and we're, we're going to be hiring soon. I think two months 
for sure we're going to start using a lot more hands. Well, that's great. That's excellent yeah. news, so, you know. Hey, looking for you. <laughs> Anybody who's looking to be a candy maker, come on in. That's what we're looking for. Well, what's what's the uh, what are the qualifications and what's the onboarding like? Attention to detail. I mean, yeah. in today's nature, it's like you hear a lot of people say that um, you don't really need the degrees, you don't really need this or that. You really just need somebody who cares to learn and cares to be there. That's the person you know we're looking for, whether you know boy, girl, whatever. You know, we want um, anybody who cares to learn because this stuff can be learned. You can train anybody to do anything, right? It's just the caring part is the hard part to find. So, you know, we're looking for people who care and really want to make a difference and, and, and get creative with it as well. You know, I'm not going to say, hey, your job is only this. Like, if you come to me with a new idea for products, man, we're, I'm going to be there with you learning about how you got there and how we're going to do this. So very much like that. Yeah. That's excellent, man. I mean, that's that's the message I want to put out there to people is that, you know, it you feel like cannabis, you need some sort of expertise. Be yeah. it, you know, botanical, hydroponic, no, what? Oh, you can learn it all on the job too. You know, it's just, if, if someone, if they know it, you can know it. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not like it's a big secret. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't like when people get in that head where it's like, oh, well, he's a specialist. Like, hey, you could be a specialist too if you spent just as much time as it on that he does that, you know, that you will. So it's all comes down to whether you care or not. And that, that'll make you successful in whatever you do. Excellent. That's fantastic. I just want to check one thing here as we're rolling. All right, we'll do one or two more topics and then I'll let you go because you're obviously busy making delicious <laughs> yeah. stuff. What do you got brewing over on the side there? I'm making um, hard, I'm not making hard candy, I'm making gummies, sorry. <laughs> and I'm splitting the batch into three, um, three different groups and then I'm gonna flavor them, color them, add the acids. And then I got this cool mold, and yeah. it, it's uh, in the shape of um, you remember the Mario character, that plant that would like run around with its yeah. big head. That so that's the shape of the head. Okay. So I'm experimenting with that just for fun because shape is important as well because what you eat with your eyes. So I'm just working on a few little things here. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to shaping, are uh, you making your own molds or are you licensing molds? How are you doing it? Uh, we're making our own molds so that our designs are unique. You know, shape is important to, to how you see things. You know, like uh, you with your eyes. That's what my friend, he's a chef. He, he always told me that. And that was just like ingrained with me. I'm like, oh, he's right about that. When you go and get sushi, it's like when they give you the nice two pieces and it's like all decorated, you're like, that looks good. That's like part of the taste as well. It's the experience. So it's trying to understand what are, whatever different experiences we can offer, you know. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, the looks of it, uh, when it comes to coloring, that's the other side of it, right? Right. Yeah. Natural colors is what we use. Natural colors. So food, food based colors. Yeah. It's not hard to work with. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they're not as um, vibrant as the uh, other ones, but it, it works. It, you know, you try it out, different variations. Sometimes the acid lights and light lightens up the flavor. So that gets you to the place where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, let's talk packaging. Uh, okay. How are you guys sourcing packaging? And then uh, are you thinking sustainable packaging in the future? Yeah, my brother is really big on sustainable packaging. My little brother, Sage, he's actually taller than I am. He's like 6'3". Um, 
he he's the one who has been showing me different packaging companies that we can switch over to. Uh, the cost isn't quite there yet, and so I have to increase my volume to really meet those kinds of packaging um, mm -hmm. requirements. But yeah, we're looking towards reusable packaging as well. That's going to come in the future, though, when we have a lock on you know that kind of volume um, to afford it, because you're going to have to buy that in bulk and then and then print them out. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Uh, almost there but not there yet you know yeah. you think about it every day though he's like you keep creating trash i'm like i'm sorry i don't know what else you want me to do it's the only way i can do it right now but you know you try yeah well it's it's important to let people know that part of the problem is it is price-based right there's a price economy pressure um yeah, but uh, I talked about the packaging apocalypse back in, uh, what was it, 2018, I think. California switched all its regulations uh, and everyone had to destroy or sell off all their product in like a month. It was yeah. nuts. Uh, and that's part of the buying in bulk consideration is, right? Like, should, should something change? Now you're sitting on all this packaging that has to be wasted uh because it doesn't meet xyz requirement uh right. so that's another consideration when it comes to picking your packaging is it potentially future proof right if something changes down the road yeah. or... that's the question you have to ask yourself you don't want to do one run or two runs or only do it for like six months you want to know that if i switch this is what i'm switching to until yeah. i find something more sustainable or, or whatever next comes up but again like those are opportunities for other people to create different businesses that'll be profitable for them you know you give me sustainable packaging i'll buy from you you know what i'm saying so it's like there's money to be made everywhere you just have to find the right people who want to go and do that right like yeah. uh, you know elon musk for example he's the one who did the electric cars right and now it's prop you know so it's like that's something that people are going to go after because he created a good product same thing can be done with packaging you know well, that speaking of that, that's changing battery technology, which impacts cannabis, right? Because backup battery systems for power outages to run the lights and all that sort of stuff, um, security systems, all this stuff, it, it everything touches cannabis, and cannabis is starting to touch everything. Uh, is the kind of narrative I'm trying to weave with all these interviews is that um, every industry is helping every industry, and uh, you know, cannabis flavoring is leading towards other things because you're finding other places you can apply the same knowledge. Right. I'm still really high. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm falling along, and then you know when your eyes zoom out, you're like, uh, it's like I'm sorry. sorry. No, it's quite all right. I, it, you know, a, cannabis should be fun. Cannabis should be light and entertaining. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I did a whole kind of deeper talk uh, with a friend of mine about the kind of early days of cannabis prohibition and things like that. And that was kind of the heady stuff. So I want to talk about the lighter end of stuff with this, you know, uh, and the fun. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm trying to get to a question about your customers being like the end customer, right? The person who actually consumes it. Uh, you know, what do you see in terms of demographics there? Uh, it's how you market it, you know, what kind of packaging you're picking. Uh, uh, you see a lot more um, male millennials 
as buyers, but I think it's because of the branding. If there was more, uh, you know, cute, fun, well, cute doesn't have, but more female branded products, mm-hmm. you'd have increase in female sales, I think. But I, right now, if you go to the shelves, you see it's like heavy hitters, this, that, whatever, you know, it's like very much like, you know, stuff that girls probably won't buy. <laughs> so like, you know, like rosé, a flavor like rosé would be something I feel like girls would buy, right? So it's how you market it. Um, older generation still has that negative connotation with cannabis. So walking in there for them is like with sunglasses on. So no one makes eye contact with them. You know, you see that sometimes, which is kind of funny. Um, but it, it's opening up. I think um, I think what for the, the older generation, this is just speculating. It'd be easier if they did more delivery systems to nursing homes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like that you go to them because it is really difficult for them to come to you. Um, I actually know a guy. He had a dispensary and he was busting them in. <laughs> he would send a bus. I was about to. I read an article about somebody doing that. Like, dude, that's a great idea. It's like, yeah, they'll come with money and then they leave all happy. They're all stoned to the bus. They get all, you know. So there's a lot of great things with it. Um, just different the way it's set up now is more for our age you know what i mean it's more for us than anybody else because we're the ones running it right so if if it was an older generation running it you'd see more tailored towards towards them but it's more you know more geared towards our our needs and what we're looking for you know so yeah i think for me personally my uh my brand is more chill it's, you know, it's a, the heavy hitter or extreme this, that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking for like glue me to the couch. I, <laughs> I couldn't care about the world outside. Like I just want to chill. That's yeah. the brand I want. Uh, You're targeting yourself in a sense. Yeah. Uh, like-minded people. So again, it goes to who's running it and, and who are they most like? And that's kind of what you're starting to see on the shelves is, people like you know the fun guys this guy the chill guy you know so it's like it's a lot of that on the shelves right now but yeah i see a lot of uh, women-owned brands coming soon um seeing that there there's a need for it a big demand for more female products right something more fun yeah not um bold and guyish yeah so i see i see all you know it's it's all speculation at the same time i'm not like some guru but i use yeah that there's openings yeah Yeah, well i've been speaking with some female run brands and uh they lean much more health holistic you know mindfulness you know what i'm saying like they're they're probably gonna be the first ones to do that yeah but you know as you mentioned you're looking sugar-free product you're looking different offerings that can come into play in those arenas so and because you white label right so if there's a brand that wants your product mixed with their product, they'll find you for that. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to do a brand out in Oklahoma or Washington, let me know. <laughs> I, you never know. I look good on a button. I might look good on a piece of packaging. So, <laughs> all right, that sounds good. Yeah, we're in Marietta, Oklahoma. Where in Oklahoma are you? Marietta. Marietta. Okay. Now we're from Dallas. Huh. Interesting. I have a friend out yeah. in Dallas. So yeah um it's worth a trip it's pretty fun yeah um well i won't keep you any longer this has been fantastic yeah uh, you know, if you have any uh parting thoughts or anything feel free right now to just tell the people uh 
come find us, come connect with us. Uh, we're always open to taking meetings and seeing where things lead. You never know. It's always fun and exciting to, to meet new people, especially how hard it is to meet new people these days because everything's closed, especially in California. So welcoming emails, welcoming phone calls. Call, let's talk about a project. What are you guys thinking about doing? If you're thinking about getting in or if you're already in and want to help expand your line, then we have options that we can help. Great. And, and I'll make you spell the website for everybody. All right. It's dolcefoglia.com. D-O-L-C-E-F-O-G-L-I-A.com. And our Instagram is at Dolcefoglia. Uh, our Twitter, our TikTok account is Dolcefoglia. Uh, it's spelled the same way. Try to be consistent with it. But, you know, sometimes I might miss, uh, a, you know, you have to do an underscore somewhere. But, yes, find us. Say hi to us. We're a family company and uh, we welcome creativity. Excellent. Well, Josh, thanks for joining me on Coffee and Cannabis today. Uh, this has been very educational and enlightening. And I'm hoping that people will not only find you, but find this message and resonate with it. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for setting this up and everything. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Well, until next time, thanks a lot, Josh. And uh, we'll see you. All right. Take care.